surface of asphalt tile, either in your home or place of business, you'll want to know that Johnson's Glow Coat is the preferred polish to use in protecting these floors. You apply Glow Coat to an asphalt tile floor in exactly the same way as to linoleum. There's no rubbing or buffing. You simply apply and let dry. Glow Coat is self-polishing. It brings out the color of the tile, keeps it new looking. It's a cinch to keep clean. And it leaves a tough film that protects the surface of the tile against wear, makes it last longer. And of course, for the care of all your linoleum surfaces, Johnson's self-polishing glow coat is the kind of product prescribed by linoleum manufacturers and good housekeeping authorities and proved in use on millions of floors. Ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you for the wonderful way in which you answered our recent appeal to you to buy war bonds. We're sorry we can't give you the final results as all the returns are not in. But we assure you, your response was magnificent. And today is the final day of the fourth war loan drive. So if you haven't bought as many extra bonds as you possibly can, now is the time to show your friends and relatives in uniform that the home front knows what to do in the zero hour. Good night. Good night, all. The character of Wellington heard on this program was played by Ransom Sherman. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. And Patricia, will you do me the honor and give the date? Give the date of what? The show we just heard. Oh, the one we just heard. I'm sorry. I thought you were looking at today. That <laughs> 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 was, was... Oh, Walden, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was... Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, here is Patricia. Are we back? We're back. Okay. You want me to give the date now? I sure do. Okay, um... Wave to the audience, wave to the audience with your left hand at the same time. Hello, audience, I can't do this and chew gum, too. <laughs> I thought you were asking for today's date. Um, that was handwriting analysis from February 15, 1944. So we were still in World War II, and they were having the fourth uh, bomb drive. Yeah. Did you have your seventeen dollars? And was it was it fifty cents or seventy five cents? I think it was seventeen dollars and fifty cents. Fifty cents. Well, seventeen twenty five. Seventeen twenty five. Well, if Patricia and I can scrape that together, we'd like to buy a war bond from World War Two to help help win the war. You know, we love. If you got if you got a bond from World War Two, let us know. Seven one four, five four five. 2071. I remember, in fact, uh, going to the bank in the late 70s with my grandmother, and I think that's what she was doing, was turning in war bonds. You know, I, can't, mm -hmm. I think she kept them 30, 35 years or so. But uh, at least, I th maybe I'm wrong, but I seen, that seemed to be the memory as a kid. But uh, $7.50 got you back 25 and 10 years. Isn't that... And also another interesting thing about that, Patricia, here we left them four months away from D-Day. And the country was getting geared up for that event. Well, that wasn't quite true. This was 1944. Right, and D-Day was June of 44. 
when we when the uh, when the ally hit Normandy beaches. Oh 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 right. I'm sorry. You said D-Day. Yeah. Um, my brain isn't working tonight. Well, you know why? I misheard you. I'm sorry. You know why? Why? Because we moved up a clock. <gasps> See, I'm affected already. Yes. This is yes. 3:41 mm -hmm. in the morning, mm -hmm. and it isn't. It isn't. That's right. That's why Patricia's just it's just not quite here yet. You know, I'm going her, to be fractured for two months now. Give her 30 minutes. Give her 30 seconds and she'll be back with us. <laughs> so you like to give us a call at 714-545-2071. And you can laugh at Patricia for being so fractured over a silly little hour in the time, but it really does do me in. It's not nearly as bad as it used to be. But it's there. It's okay, there. so you were talking about World War Two. Yep. Yep, and D-Day. D-Day, because we're less than four months away. Mm-hmm. And uh, already on my calendar, this year, June 6th, falls on Sunday, so I will devote a lot of programming that night to Excellent. what we're going through. And uh, May 8th this year falls on a Saturday, so I'll feature some uh, VE Day material um the night before on a Friday and some with Patricia plus our Fibber shows. So you know, I'm I'm sort of a bug on historical dates and things and times and places and things like that. So we do that kind of thing. You are my American history. <laughs> I try sure. to be. I try to be and hey, put this another date on your calendar. Okay. Uh Monday, May third. We'll come on a clock three o'clock Eastern and we'll Stay all the way up to the live show. We're pretty close to each till past 10 o'clock. Because we'll celebrate Norman Corwin's 100th birthday that day. Ah, okay. Yeah, Norman will be 100, so I will plan to give him a call before the end of the separate interview. Because I understand he is having two weeks of birthday parties. <laughs> and so even our friend Janet, Janet Waldo is throwing a party for him. So I'm not expecting to talk to Norman on his birthday, I'll get better get a call in before the birthday parties all start. So, but we'll feature his shows. We'll feature an interview that John Dunning was, uh, Norman. We'll feature, uh, NPR did a great one-hour special with Norman. We'll feature a lot of famous shows all on his birthday. That's amazing. Would you tell people what Norman is doing right now? Norman is... Just recently, within the last year, signed a three-year contract to teach at the University of Southern California. And he teaches in residence. Yes, yes. yes. He and his he's not bad <laughs> being the youngest one in the family. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> his brother is 107. I remember the interview that Frank played a couple of years ago. Norman was probably what 97 or 98. Right. 97, I guess, huh? Yep. Would that be about right? About right. And um, he and his brother came to the interview because they had a tight schedule and they were going out to lunch and finishing up the day. Mm. And uh, partway through the interview, Frank said, would you please introduce your brother? And he said, help me with this. But it was something to the effect, this is my older brother. Right. <laughs> Norman was 97. Right. Did, I, did I get that right? Yeah, you're close. Your brother... Retired at the post office at age 100. His brother was the oldest at the postal worker in the America in the Washington D.C. area. 
neither of them have outlived their dad. Their dad lived to 110. I think longevity runs in the, the Corwin family. It sure sounds like it. Yeah. It sure sounds like So, we're going to have Norman. I'll pre-record Norman. I will uh, have uh, I will have something with Janet Waldo on that day. She quotes and also Marsha Hunt. Um, talking about people who know Norman very well. In fact, uh, I think we'll even get a call from Norman's birthday party. I we'll, hope so. Yeah, we'll even get something live. Uh, some of the people told me they will call from his birthday party. So you never know, maybe we'll sneak it in a uh, happy birthday uh, to Norman, and that will be a big day here around the station. So thanks to Bill Bragg for allowing me the height to get on the station and uh, do a birthday salute for uh, Norman Corwin. That's going to be so special. I yeah. hope you have a lot of people listening. And uh, Norman Corwin is such a, a special person. Radio would not have been radio without him. Correct. He was the poet lawyer of radio, and he wrote a lot of wonderful programming helping bring what we were fighting for. And from Remarkable uh, person. Yeah. All around. And he still is. Still is. He just, I mean, he's the Energizer Bunny. I know. In fact, everybody, you might recall, on uh, Halloween 30th this past year, uh, we did a sort of big salute to Orson Welles, Wars of the World. Norman, with the show that came right after uh, Orson Welles' Mercury Theater, Wars of the World. So on on that Friday afternoon, uh, Frank called me and said, hey, I got Norman on. Okay, so we talked to Norman just past October on the air live. So, so we'll... We'll do something with Norman. And I know the Gasmans are planning to do something with Norman Corwin on their show. Uh, the Gasmans, John and Larry, have a show every Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock Eastern here on Yesterday USA. And you can be on Yesterday USA at 714 714-545-2071. 714-545-2071. Patricia. Are we having fun yet? We're having fun. We're having a lot of fun. I really came prepared tonight. I've got more trivia questions. So if there's somebody out there, especially on the California side here, you folks are still wide awake, bright-eyed, and bushy-tailed. So I do have some more trivia questions. If you want to call in and not even play trivia, that would be fine. Just call and say hi. If you're in Seattle. If you're, if you're in, in Seattle. If you're in Portland. If you're in Portland. If you're in California. California. Arizona. Arizona. Nevada. Nevada. Well, we Idaho. Nevada. That's right. Idaho. Idaho. <laughs> Utah. Montana. Vermont. New Hampshire. No, I don't think that's New Hampshire, Vermont, Delaware, Rhode Island, or on the West Coast. But we'll adopt you. Sure, we can yeah. we can do the adopting. Yeah. That would be fine. <laughs> well, Patricia, no. what have you been doing this week? Oh, I guess we're going to have to find out later. Hello, Carl. Okay, what about Hawaii? Hello, Ron, how are you? Hi, Ron. I should call from Hawaii. That's right. We were, we were getting there. We were getting there. I, um, I just got home from a dinner. You huh? did? What did and you I do? heard you guys say, well... Just call in and say hi, so I thought I'd call in and say hi. You are such a sweetheart. Thank you. And you did such a wonderful, 
wonderful gift for um, for oh. Gloria last night. That was so nice. Well, I, I was thrilled. I was thrilled that I was able to meet her over the phone, thanks to Walden and his good natured nation is um way of getting her on the air and stuff, you know. Uh huh. I agree. By the way, I'm um I I I did a benefit to raise money from a high school uh, band, you know, program which I graduated about 50 years ago. We raised about eighteen thousand dollars. Wow. Band program, and um, I will send the two of you. Um, uh, it's a double CD of our concert. We had alumni people from gra that graduated from McKinley High School in Honolulu, huh? and <clears throat> we had a big. I put an 18-piece big band together to play some. Glenn Miller stuff and Les Brown and everything else. Oh, wow. Wow. I'll send it to the two of you. Wow. Thank you. It sounds wonderful. Yeah, it's, 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 um, it's called the Tiger Roundup. That's what oh. we called our program. Because our, our school was known as the McKinley Tigers, you know. <laughs> Were you born in Hawaii, Ron? I was born on the big island of Hawaii. Not Oahu, but Hawaii. Yeah, and that's where you are now. I was really worried about you with um, with the earthquake and the tsunamis that were spreading out all over. Oh yeah. Okay, and all of that. We were fortunate. Uh, well, we live in an area where we really can't get hit by um, the the wave, but we could be hit by water shortage and power outage and. Right. So, well, were you okay? Okay. Would you ever hit? I, I never knew. I guess well, Hawaii was hit in the 60s with a tsunami. Yeah, and in 1948, I think there was a big one uh, that swept a big island. And my auntie, who uh, was going to high school at that time, uh, saw her friend. They were they were running away from the wave, and they saw her. She saw her friend get swept in. Ooh. Oh. So that was tragic. That was really. Oh my! Yes. So, you know, when you have a tsunami alert, you know, we're lucky that we didn't get hit. You know, although some people say, oh, man, all that warning for nothing. But, hey, you know, we we're very, we we're very fortunate. Do you have people who routinely ignore those kinds of warnings? You know, some people are, are really, um, what do you call those kind of businesses? They just want to see if they can see how high the waves go, so uh -huh. they do some not very smart things. Uh, stuff. Silly spectators. Um, yeah, always some, I don't know. Anyway. In the 1960s, it was Hurricane Camille that hit the Louisiana coast, and people were told, get out, get out, get out, get out, and there were some who were having hurricane parties in apartment buildings, and it was wiped out just gone with the people uh, everything it, it was just taken down and out it was flat land there was nothing left it was just incredible but they were people who said well you know we'll just ride it out and have a good time and we have lots of candles and flashlights and what they needed were lifeboats yeah do you ever get hurricanes or any what's the, what the major weather Concerned earthquake, hurricanes, anything out there, Ron? Normally that you well, we have in in the early eighties we had Hurricane Eva. Mm -hmm. Kauai, the island of Kauai, got hit with the hurricanes more than than we did, but 
Um, yeah, we 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 have had some hurricanes in, in Hawaii, some but not not as bad as Florida. Though. Florida has them pretty much more regularly than Hawaii, right? Yeah, we have a hurricane season here, oh. but the last couple of years we've been very fortunate. Yeah, you um, have. We had we had a couple of years in a row where we just got pounded, but after that we haven't had anything. I think Orlando is a more dangerous area, right? Then. No, Orlando is toward the center of the state, so they're in pretty good shape. Miami is uh, is vulnerable, so you'll hear Miami or Palm Beach or Daytona um, up that coast on the Atlantic side, I'm on the Gulf side, so when, when we don't get them very often, but when we get one, it's kind of pinched, so it picks up some steam on the warm water. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Ron, did you always play the piano as a kid, or did you try out as another? When I was about six years old, my, oh, first I learned how to play the accordion. I taught myself one day. I, I learned, the first song I learned how to play by myself on the accordion was, America, my country, Tizzy. Wow. And then I said, oh, wow, this is how it works. And I started to teach myself more songs. Then when I went to the deaf and blind school um, in Honolulu, um, I learned how to play the piano. So I can't, you, you taught yourself the accordion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have an accordion. I had an accordion. I don't play it anymore. No, but when you were little, when you were six years old, where did you get an accordion? Oh, oh, my, 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 uh, my uncle from Japan sent me an accordion. Wow. Uh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. And you taught yourself. I love it. What about the piano? Did you pick that up by yourself? Did you well, get then, I, then I took formal lessons. Uh-huh. But I, I could play one hand by myself, yeah. So that's how it all came about. And Walden, I want to let you know that you are a very good interviewer. You uh, know how to ask good questions, and you're a good listener. Which thank you, Ron. Makes a difference too. You don't interrupt the, the answer. <laughs> so, except, except when phone calls come in, they say, "Well, we'll, we'll wait a while, and we'll <laughs> ask you the same question over again." <laughs> calls are good. Yeah. Well, I figured if somebody calls. We try to make, we want them to talk to the, to the per personality, you know. Look forward to April 16th when you have that um, Fibber McGee and Molly's 75th anniversary. I know. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it is going to be fun. We're going to have a good time. Are you going to call in? You know, I, let's, that's a fun, yeah, you know, I'm very fortunate. Um, usually Saturdays I'm, I'm busily working uh I haven't been able to hear you guys the past couple of Saturdays, but I'll be um, on a break next Saturday, and I will be home on April 16th. Looking forward to hearing Janet, I mean, not Janet Waldo, cool, yeah. McMillan well, again on the Phil McGee Molly interview. And yeah, I'll be around. Gonna be good stuff. The uh, last night's show with Gloria McMillan. The one you called in and, and played happy birthday for her. Oh, Ron, that was so nice of you to do that, and I know that she was touched. That was the first time I have ever heard her, and she is absolutely delightful. You know, I, I got to admit, I think all of us, um, when we, we used to listen to our Miss Brooks when we were younger, all had a little crush on Gloria McMillan. 
or a crush on Janet Waldo, mm-hmm. and we'd call this after because <laughs> it sounded so cool, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but anyway, and well, it was we... nice talking to the two of you again. It's good to know that you two are, you know, I don't know how you guys do it. And, you know, tomorrow there will be a time change, right? No, we have, we, 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 don't, we don't recognize that. Well, it's not tomorrow here yet in Hawaii. <laughs> oh. It's 10 o'clock. It's, it's already oh. 2 o'clock your time, right? I know. I know. It's been tomorrow for a couple of hours for me. Right now it's... Really, it's 1 o'clock. Well, right now it's coming up on 4 o'clock according to the clock. You're right. You're right. Hey, Ron, how often do they... Do they what night do you generally people ask you to perform? Is it generally Saturday? Do because you wor- I'm pretty busy. Right now, I steadily, I'm busy <laughs> Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh-huh. um, I, I work steadily, and because um, I'm semi-retired, and right. I want to be semi-retired, and I, I keep my weekends open for private parties and, and other activities. Well, so you, you know, you, you, you probably remember Pei Kavanaugh, right? Of course. You know, I interviewed Pei, and he was still in his mid-80s playing seven nights a week. You know who kept himself busy? Les Paul. Yes. Same like Pete Kavanaugh. Yep. Rush was still playing in his 93, 94. Yep. Right. Yep. He always kept himself busy. Um, just like you, Walden. You're not nearly 90, but you no. keep yourself busy. <laughs> <laughs> we have to get him to 90. <laughs> and Patricia, I don't know when you sleep. It's amazing how at 4 o'clock you still sound so chipper and bubbly and I don't know what kind of pills you take, but my gosh, <laughs> I'll be zonked out at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't take any pills. I'm just a night person, Ron. I know. When do you when do you get up though? If you go to bed around five o'clock. Well, actually, I go to bed around six o'clock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would you? When would you get up? Um, eleven or twelve. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I, I know you emailed, uh, you answered your emails pretty f- quick, too, and so um, I'm always impressed at how fast you respond. Oh, you're so good. You keep saying nice things, I'm going to love you. <laughs> Glad I... <laughs> well, actually, I love you now. Yeah. I want you to know that, you know, <clears throat> somebody told me that uh, before I, w- I collected old radio shows, somebody told me that you'll meet some of the nicest people uh, in old-time radio um, collectors. Huh? You know, um, since I heard yesterday USA, I gotta admit, I have, I have never met, I mean, so many nice people as you and Walden and Bob Bro and Bill Braggs. And, I mean, it's amazing how, how nice people gather on, and collect old radio shows, you know? I think there is uh, a personality characteristic or a couple of characteristics that go with the radio. I agree. They're just the neatest people in the whole wide world. I think it's partly because it's, it's, it's a more of a gentle time, the radio show, and I think it's attract the the good side of us. Mm-hmm. Who, you're who, right. It must be. And you know, here we are. I'm in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. You're in, in Southern California. Yep. Patricia's in Florida. And yet, you know, we all have this common bond, mm-hmm. and this camaraderie is something to behold. I mean, it's, it's amazing how we feel like we have this great kinship yep. one with another, you know. It's, it's the modern technology, which we all love, because uh, it brings our social network together, even though 
you know, we're what, 6,000 miles from Florida to go. from Florida to Hawaii there, you know. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's been nice talking to the two of you, and and I want you to know that uh, I, I feel like we're, we're really, 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 really good friends. We are. I appreciate our, our friendship. I do too, Ron. You too, Ron. You guys take care. Trivia tonight? You want to play trivia? Huh? You, you want to play trivia tonight? Okay, let's play a little trivia. I'm half awake. I'm not as wide awake as you, Patricia, but okay. it's okay. All let's... right, let's see what we've got here. Okay, let's play, let's play trivia. Okay, all right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. okay. First question. We're well, going to get three questions, and then you all you need is one good answer. <laughs> okay. Edgar all right. Bergen, hmm? Okay. I can go now. Okay. Oh. Edgar Bergen's young daughter was known as the sister of Bergen's dummy, Charlie McCarthy. Who was Edgar Bergen's daughter? Candace. Oh, see, you got it already. Was that Effie Klinker was of the, who was Effie Klinker? Effie Klinker was? The other dummy. Huh? That was his other uh, um, dummy. Right. Yep. Yeah, Effie, yeah, he was, yeah, she was of, yeah, Candace Bergen was, the. Want to try the other two? You already got yeah, it. Let's see another All right. You Bet Your Life with Groucho Marx was on radio before it was on TV. George Fenneman was the announcer on TV. Who was the announcer on radio? Wasn't the same person? Uh-huh. Good for you. All right. Two for two. Yeah. You want the third one? Yeah, why not? I'm why not? Okay. Then I'm going to give you a really hard one. Okay, Super McGee and Molly. Okay, we're in here. Molly of Super McGee and Molly, Teeny, the little girl who lived across the street from the McGees, and Marion Jordan all had something in common. What was it? Marion Jordan was Molly, and Marion Jordan was Teeny. Is that right? Yes. You've done it. You've done good. I guess I, I'm, I'm wide awake enough to answer those questions. Oh, see now. Hey, but if it were 4 o'clock in the morning, I'd probably get them all wrong. <laughs> you're amazing, Patricia, because you can be so bubbly. Oh, you're so good. Thank you. Okay, you're going to have to let me know what shows you like. Okay. We've, we've gone through this before. Go through it again. I'll, I'll choose a good one. Go to the list one more time. Well, we've got a thousand different things here. Do you want comedy, mystery, uh, detective? I don't want, uh, what's it? We don't want, um, uh, what, what the, Walt and I, we don't want something of the Mounties. So. <laughs> yeah, whatever the Mounties, yeah, I don't think we want that. <laughs> I'm really teasing you. I was, it was, and nobody wanted there was something of the Mounties. So. <laughs> Blair of the Mounties. Blair of the Mounties. It's the worst show I've ever heard. Oh. I know that there's going to be somebody calling in one night and saying he or she loves the show. It's it's just so bad it's good. Okay, let's go. Let's go with comedies again. Okay, let's go with comedy. Want me to go through the list? Yeah, let's go through this. Okay, we've got the Aldridge family, Amos and Andy, an evening with George Burns. Baby Snooks, The Bickersons, Blondie, Bob and Ray, Burns and Allen, Duffy's Tavern, Easy Aces, Fred Allen, The Great Gildersleeve, Halls of Ivy, Jack Benny, Love and Abner, Phil Harris and Alice Faye, Red Skelton, Topper, 
Vic and Sade, You Bet Your Life, and Fibber McGee and Molly. What was the first one you mentioned? Um, the first the Aldridge Family and Amos and Andy. Okay, let's go with them. Let's go with Let's go with either, either depending on, on you and how you feel like, either or um, the Aldridge Family or Topper. You decide, okay? One or the other. Well, Topper, there are only a couple of shows, so I can put both of them on a single CD. There you go. Well, let's not do that then. Okay, I'm, I'm looking. There are only three shows available, so I've had three toppers and a fairly good collection of the Aldrich good, family. Good. That's good. That's good. That's great. Okay. Great. You got it. You made me happy. You made my Saturday night, although it's a Sunday morning for you. <laughs> it's a Sunday morning for me. Well, it's always Saturday night until I go to bed and get up again. Well, Walden, Happy New Year. Same here, pal. And uh, <laughs> I got, I got, um. I got Gloria's address, so whenever you want to send me the email, I'll I will send you the email and you you, you and respond I'll, back. Okay? Yep, and I got Gloria's address that uh, that and, they like. And sometime next week, I will put some CDs of my concert, put together concert with the program in it, and you guys can listen to it. Okay. Oh, that's gonna be great. Thank, Thank you. Ron. We'll talk to you later. You okay, bet. Okay, thanks, Ron. Aloha. Aloha. To you too. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Aren't we blessed, Patricia? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. We are blessed to have friends around the country. Oh. And you can be a friend at 714-545-2071. 714-545-2071. You can come out and play. Yes, you can. And, you know, Patricia, kind and gentle. <laughs> And thoughtful, <laughs> and yeah, witty, a good person. and witty, and talented, and bright, and cheerful. Oh yes, but always cheerful. Brave queen. A bad word in the first forty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody oh, remembers about that. Nobody remembers that. Oh, I do. <laughs> now everybody can call in and say, "Okay, we're going to guess." Well, what that's right. What <laughs> guess? What the secret word that if you can if you can say what Patricia said at the top of the show, you can win the duck. Yeah, and it wasn't a really bad word. No, it's just not a good one. No, it's not. It's something that Patricia will have in her memory bank forever. <laughs> forever, <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> well, I want to tell you about the next show because I've got a whole bunch of information that goes along with it. Terrific that I thought was really fun. I think it's fun, so everybody else has to think it's fun, too. This one is called The Grocery Budget. It is from April 17, 1951, and it is one of the really good shows. Uh, actually, they're all good. Sibber is upset because Molly came home with $3 worth of groceries, and he said, where is it? And she said, in my purse. Well, he decided that he could do a week's worth of shopping on $15. And Molly, of course, went, oh, yes, <laughs> she did one of her oh dears. And um, it's an interesting, or it was interesting to me, because I thought shopping on $15 a week and people are laughing at him while he's going through his routine, what were the prices in 1951? So I went out and found some prices. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Now, I picked these out of newspaper ads, so they might be sales. They might be a little bit more expensive or less expensive, but it'll give you a good idea of what, 
what was going on around there. Okay, they call these washing powders, washing powders. Tide does other ones. They were all going large box. I don't know how, no, how big is a large box, but I remember they were pretty, pretty big. Um, a large box of Tide was 32 cents. Tide in, Tide out. Yep, that one. Right. Red Dot Coffee. Now, that's, that's a name from a long time ago. Uh, 63 cents a pound, and a pound was, honest to goodness, 16 ounces. And what, 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 what brand? Red Dot, which was a national brand. Huh, okay. Red, Red Dot Coffee, 63 cents a pound. Kleenex tissues, I didn't even know they were out in 1951. But Kleenex tissues, the 200 count, that's a fairly large box, two for 37 cents. Not bad. Do you like this? Sweetheart toilet soap, four bars for 29 cents. Sweetheart, yeah, yeah, that, that used to sponsor some radio shows. Yeah, Sweetheart, okay. Sweetheart, now is that is that a product that's gone now? I bet it is. Oh, one of us will have to yeah, check that. yeah. Okay, Ajax in the can. Ajax, the foaming cleanser. Ajax, bum bum bum, the That's foaming the cleanser. Yeah. Two, two cans for 25 cents. That's a good deal. I know. Frozen yeah. lima beans, a uh, regular size package for 27 cents. Frozen orange juice in those little six ounce cans, you know, the concentrate that you make the, the juice out of. Oh, right, right. One, 23 cents. Mm. This is incredible. Mm. Celery, a large stalk of celery. I'm gathering that that's one bunch of celery. Was 13 cents. Do you know people that you can actually lose weight by just eating celery? It's I one. Know, it costs you, It uses more calories to chew. Yep. Than you get in. I don't think it has any calories at all. But um, cost. So it, it gives something like 25 calories to chew it. Yep. And you don't get any calories in return. So, so if you're chewing on celery. <laughs> So if you can put peanut butter on it, then you can break even. No, okay. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you have to have a cracker in there somewhere. <laughs> okay, now, in today's climate, knowing that the freezes in the southeast and in Florida wiped out our tomato crops, mm -hmm. and they are going for gold right now, five pounds of tomatoes went for 29 cents. Wow. Isn't that wild? Wow. We need to have a future market, Patricia. We could have bought... No prices in salmon today. <laughs> one, one would have to come up with a very good preservative <laughs> in order to do that. All right, this one blew me away. Ten pounds of sugar. Take a guess. Ten pounds of sugar in 1951. A dollar. Yes, 95 cents. Wow. How did you know that? No, I just guessed. That was, a, that was just a straight guess. All right, lettuce. Now, you know what lettuce goes for. We're up to about $2 a head right now. Uh, 15 cents. Nine cents. Nine you're, cents. You're really good at this. Wow. Now, this one was a good surprise. Peanut butter. A one-pound jar of peanut butter. Do yeah, we know what brand? <coughs> Is it hmm? Peter Pan peanut butter? Is it Jippy okay. peanut butter? It just says peanut butter. That's what the ad yeah, says. Yeah, I, I bet a jar of peanut butter was 10 cents. One pound? One pound? Yeah. 10 cents? No, it was 39 cents wow. for a pound of peanut butter, but, but it came with a free plastic ranger whistle. <laughs> Isn't that fun? What, what show, I wonder? I don't know. It huh? just says a free plastic ranger whistle. Wow. So you could have entertained your kid and fed them at all at the same time. That's a good deal. Uh, isn't that good? Yeah. Now, pet milk. We get to pet milk. Mm -hmm. Now, pet milk comes in, in little cans, you know, the short cans. Mm -hmm. 
And let's see, at this time, were they sponsoring Fibber? Let's see here, April of... Uh, yeah, I think they were. They still were. Okay, so I found the pet milk ad, and they've got the larger cans, you know, the standard size cans, like a, a you know, big can of veggies or and something And it's probably like all, it's all powder, right? Pardon? All powder, right? No, no, these, these were uh, cans of milk. They were actually evaporated milk. Okay, okay. And they were in cans, and the one can... Uh, the large can is about the size of a can of string beans today. Okay. And then two smaller cans were half half the size of the larger one. So you could have two small cans or one large can for 15 cents. No kidding. I wonder how much milk was going for then. I couldn't find milk. Mm. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> I looked and looked and looked. But the one thing that Fibber was all bent out of shape about was the cost of meat. And he wanted a roast. So I found round steak and chuck roast. A round steak was 98 cents a pound, and chuck roast was 63 cents a pound. Now, in 1951, 98 cents a pound is pretty pricey. Mm -hmm. That yeah. was a lot of money for a pound of meat. Yeah. So I can understand why he was a little bent out of shape about that. Sure. But um, end cuts pork chops, those aren't the center cuts, so those are, are the less expensive ones. Those were 49 cents a pound. Mm. And some of the really fun things that happened in 1951, the first Jack in the Box opened. Where do you think it opened? Gosh, I love Jack in the Box. Um, New, New York. San Diego. San Diego. Isn't that amazing? I know McDonald's and was in San Bernardino, but uh, hey, I didn't know all the fast food places were out here. That's interesting. Well, now you, you, you got born out there. <laughs> Jack in the Box got born out there. Okay, 1951, in Denver, Colorado, the store chain King Super, whatever that was, it was a store chain, King Super in Denver gave out its first S&H green stamps. Oh... Now, with that in competition with the the blue stamps? Yes, blue stamps and green stamps were out at the same time. Got it. Okay. Now, the, uh, blue stamps were triple S. I don't know what the three S's stood for. Okay. And the green ones were S and H. Got it. Okay, now this one is a really good one. For 1951, mm -hmm. Swanson introduced its beef, chicken, and turkey pot pies. So ones that were frozen, or ones they were pretty uh -huh. much, hmm. Yep, ones that were frozen and you could put in the oven. Yeah, I, I bet tw 20 cents. Oh, I don't know how much it was. That was just one of the things. Ah, okay. 1951. Shame on me. I'm going to have to go find out now how much a pot pie cost. <laughs> and 1951, this is the last one on my list, in a survey conducted by the U.S. Armed Services, are you ready for this? The armed services yep. did a survey. Yep. The result of the survey was that banana cream pie was the favorite dessert. How about that? Can you believe it? <laughs> I want to know who paid for that study. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's that's my introduction to the grocery budgets from April 17, 1951. I want you to listen for a couple of things um, when he can't, if he Fibber says if he can't get the bill down, he's going to go on a hungry strike. Um, Quinn was such a wonderful manipulator of words, and Fibber just delivered them beautifully. Also, the old-timer, this is really cool, the old-timer 
gives a line that references the, con the Korean conflict. Mm. I don't ever remember hearing a show that talks about the Korean conflict. Right. It may, <coughs> excuse me, but I didn't know about it, but this one has an old-timer reference to it, mm. which I thought was kind of interesting. The end. The end. You know, my grandmother, my, my mom's mom, got married in 1932, I think, uh -huh. and she would tell me she remembered grocery shopping during the Great Depression on $5 a week. Uh-huh. I believe it. Five bucks a week. I believe it. Yeah. We're now 20 years later, and Fibber can't do it on $15 a week. Um, and it, as I said, it was, it was primarily the meat that he was all bent out of shape <laughs> about. Um, and they, it has some pretty good lines in there about the meat. So, the grocery budget from April 17, 1951. Well, Patricia, are you ready to go? I am ready to go. <sighs> night went very fast and we had some great calls thank you everybody for calling in and i will be back next week good night patricia thanks walden bye 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 here we go folks april 17 1951 The Pat Bell Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The first evaporated milk, Pat Milk, presents Fibber McGee and Molly. With Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur T. Bryan, Dick LeGrand, Cliff Arquette, Herb Franklin, Molly Smith, John T. Smith, and me, Harley Wilcox. The show is written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie and directed by Max Butthole. It's written by the Kingsman and Billy Mills Orchestra. When friends get together in the evening, there always comes a time when the happiest thing they can say is, how about a cup of coffee? And take my word for it, that good coffee that you make will taste extra good when you first cup milk with it. Cup milk is whole milk that's double rich, concentrated to double richness by evaporation. And it gives coffee such a good creamy color and a very rare flavor. Now, most foods that give you extra pleasure cost extra food, but not pet milk. Just think of it, pet milk costs less generally than half as much as ordinary coffee cream. So, always have pet milk on hand for coffee as well as for cooking. Get some at your groceries tomorrow. <laughs> Here's a man without a care in the world, the picture of solid contentment. Sitting <laughs> 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 in his living room with his back in an easy chair, <laughs> his feet in the window, his comic book in his lap, <laughs> and his wife at the grocery store, we find Mr. McGee of Peter McGee and Molly. He smiles to himself. He's singing. Oh, I got a little woman and she's at the grocery store. She'll be home any minute because I hear her at the door. <laughs> oh, you're home, McGee. I'm home. Oh, okay. I did you home, kiddo, but I'm shutting down. 
Want some help with the groceries? No, thanks, dearie. I only spent $3. Good. That ought to feed it. Huh? Where's the breakfast? In my purse. What? I only bought a few things. Holy smoke. You want to tell me that you carry three bucks worth of groceries in your purse? It isn't hard, believe me. <laughs> huh? I shop carefully because on a $20 a week food budget, there isn't room, you see, for $20? Spend 20 bucks a week for groceries? Oh, cut it out, kiddo. You're joking. Joking? Well, if you think so, you... Oh, oh my gosh, you ain't... The show that does everything on the air, brought to you by Doug, the soap that does everything in your walk. Well, things are getting hotter, folks. You're getting closer to Miss Hush all the time. And here's the guy who keeps the kettle boiling. Your truth or consequences man, Ralph Edwards. Thank you very much, Harlow Wilcox, and greetings, party players. In a moment, we'll start our phone call to you listeners to identify the voice of Miss Hush. Listen to the giant jackpot of prizes, all this to one person who can identify Miss Hush when called by us on the phone. Now, here's the jackpot. Incidentally, we're still in Chicago and having a swell time here. And man alive, Chicago Theater has been our home for the past week. We'll be for another week. Listen to the jackpot tonight. A 1947 Buick Super Convertible from the Howard Automobile Company, a Bendix Home Laundry with washer, dryer, and automatic ironer, a round-trip ticket for two via United Airlines to Honolulu, and a suite of rooms for two weeks at the Matson Lines Royal Hawaiian Hotel, a $2,000 Columbia House trailer completely equipped, a $1,000 diamond and ruby bull of a wristwatch, an RCA Victor radio phonograph combination, plus a new 1948 RCA Victor television receiver, and a library of 100 Red Seal records, an I.J. Fox $1,500 full-length beaver coat, an all-metal Luscombe Silver airplane, and $2,000 in cash. So stand by your telephones. First, wouldn't that be something to win that? So now, wait a minute, wait a minute. First, a consequence, then a phone call. Our first contestant is a big red box that does. Hello, does. I hear you're great on wash day. I understand that right down the wash line does does everything. What am I saying? Harlow Wilcox, you put that in my script now. <laughs> you took the words right out of my wash, right? No, oh, please, please. How do you do? What is your name, sir? Jones. Meet Harlow Wilcox. There right you know you, sir. Yes, indeed. All right. Now, Harlow, you go over there and sit down. Uh, what's that? I thought your name was Edward. It is. That's Harlow over there. Good oh, to see you. you. Yes, indeed. Oh. No, careful, Harlow. No, you get back here, Mr. Jones. Where are you from? Chicago. What is your occupation? Sales manager. What's your first name? Richard. You live here. What's that? Richard. Close the door, will you, please? Richard. <laughs> all right. What? Uh, uh, have you uh, have Have you lived here all your life? No, sir. Where before that? Iowa City, Iowa. You sat where? <laughs> live in Iowa City, Iowa. Oh, it's nice to see. You. Have you been over to Chicago Theater to see us? Since no, then? I haven't. Sir. Oh, yeah. We'll be all there all this next week, and then. Uh, uh, through Thursday, as a matter of fact, playing Truth or Consequences. I have a question for you. Uh, you here alone tonight, Mr. Jones? No, my wife is here. Oh, well, come back and have a good time sometime. Thank you. <laughs> I'll do that. No, are you, you're sort of a little vacation for the two of you? No, we're just down for the show. Oh, good. Oh, I was at home. No, we live in Chicago. Now, yes. yes good. 
Uh, Edwards, good to see you. Glad to know you, sir. Yes, meet Harlow Wilcox. I sit down, Harlow. We don't... Here you are. Sergeant Jim Matthews of the U.S. Marine Corps, Chicago, Illinois, wants to know, what did the worm say as he bored his way through a cucumber? Truth or consequences? This is a you, you. What's that? You got me. You got me? I like that answer better than the one I got, really. What did the worm say as he bored his way through a cucumber? He says, boy, am I in a pickle. And, uh, <laughs> incidentally, Monday, November 10th, marks the uh, 172nd anniversary of the U.S. Marine Corps. Truth of Consequences joins the nation in paying homage to the Corps for its 172 years of faithful service. The Marine This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for Procter & Gamble, the makers of Does. Ralph Edwards' Truth or Consequences came to you from Chicago, Hollywood, and Miss Hush's Hideaway. Prepare to be dazzled. See your hair shine its brightest with new improved Dream Shampoo. Compared to dulling soap shampoos, new Dream reveals up to 33% more sheen. With your very first Dream Shampoo, you'll see up to 33% more sheen. Extra money, money, money. $25,000 offered in Dream's sensational contest. First prize, $10,000. Get entry blank and complete information at your dealers. You may win a fortune. Don't miss Dream's $25,000 contest. Gosh, the time was a tad slow there, weren't they? Well, they got the show done early. Okay, let's move over now to the Great Grocery Show. You know, we heard the Fibberman Show on uh, April 17, 1951, which was a Tuesday. Let's move the next day over to the Great Grocery, which was a Wednesday, April 18, 1951. The Kraft Foods Company presents Willard Waterman as the Great Gildersleeve. The Great Gildersleeve is brought to you by the Kraft Foods Company. Kraft, makers of the one and only Miracle Whip salad dressing. And one and only is right, friends, because there is no other salad dressing like Miracle Whip. No other salad dressing has that distinctive flavor, that lively, teasing flavor that's peppy, yet not a bit too sharp. It's a flavor millions prefer. Enjoy it on your salads. Tomorrow, get a jar of the one and only Miracle Whip. Let's see what the great Gildersleeve is doing. Right now, he has just finished a sizable dinner and two pieces of Bertie's apple pie with cheese and is lowering himself carefully into his easy chair. Yes, what a fine dinner. You're right, George. After eating Bertie's cooking, even the front page of the paper looks optimistic. Uncle Mort! Yo, I'm in the living room, Marjorie. Family albums. Your family albums? Yeah, they're probably up in the attic. Why? Well, Bronco and I were just curious. Yeah, we were looking for some pictures of Marjorie when she was a baby. Who's looking for pictures of who? We're looking for pictures of Marjorie. What for? Oh, run along, little brother. This is a private conversation. This is a public living room. 
You, Al, sit down, Leroy, and keep your nose out of other people's affairs. Okay. Uh, we were looking at the twins just now, Mr. Gildersleeve. is played by Willard Waterman. The show is written by Paul West, John Elliott, and Andy White, with music by Robert Armbruster. Included in the cast are Walter Tetley, Mary Lee Robb, Lillian Randolph, Arthur Q. Bryan, Dick Trenner, Ken Christie, Earl Ross, Lois Kennison, and Dick Legrand. This is John Heaston saying goodnight for the Kraft Foods Company, makers of the famous line of Kraft quality food products. Be sure to listen in next Wednesday and every Wednesday for the further adventures of The Great Gildersleeve. Now, here are the winners of the fourth week of Parquet Margarine's great $83,500 Name the Twins contest. For entries postmarked before midnight, April 7th, glamorous new Ford Victorias go to... Mrs. Fred Shepard, Jr., Birmingham, Alabama. Mrs. Ralph Beasy, Cleveland, Ohio. Mrs. Leo C. Weaver, Eugene, Oregon. Mrs. Fred Sims Greenland, Menlo Park, California. A bonus winner. Winners of other prizes will be notified by mail. Listen again next week at this same time for the names of fifth and final week's winners in Parquet's great contest. Meanwhile, when you buy margarine, get the margarine that tastes so good because it's always fresh. Get Parquet margarine made by Kraft. <laughs> Hear the Falcon each Sunday over this station. Check your newspaper for time of broadcast and listen next Sunday as the Falcon solves the case of the missing miss. Groucho Marx plays You Bet Your Life on NBC. And that was Wednesday, April 18th, 1951. Well, we're going to kick it back to the automation system. And hope you all have a wonderful evening. And may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you. Remember, move the clock ahead. We're getting to do that here in California in a few minutes. So, may the good Lord Jesus Christ bless you. This is Yesterday USA. Love you all. They've burst your pretty balloon And taken the moon away It's time to wind up the masquerade. Just make your mind up. The piper must be paid. The party's over. The candles flicker and dim You danced and dreamed through the night It seemed to be right Just be with him We must wake up All dreams must end
Good evening, everybody. It is Sunday, March the 14th, year 2010. I'm Long Hughes. And we got an interview with Richard Lomparski live at 8 o'clock, top of the hour, West Coast time, in 30 minutes. So let's say a prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful station. Bless all the listeners and the supporters. Thank you for the updates on Frank Look, Help Bill as he's looking for a new job. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, everybody, here we go. The Jack Benny Show. The Jack Benny Program, presented by Lucky Strike. Let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. Yes, let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. And that's because... L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky Strike means fine tobacco. Fine, light, naturally mild tobacco that gives you smoothness and mildness in every Lucky you smoke. And no wonder, for years, Lucky Strike has maintained the largest and most complete cigarette research laboratory in America. Tobacco is analyzed both before and after it is bought. Yes, prior to the auctions, the buyers for Lucky Strike send sample leaves from all tobacco-growing areas to the great Lucky Strike Research Laboratory in Richmond, Virginia for scientific analysis to help determine which tobaccos are really fine, light, naturally mild. And this is only one phase of the constant year-round research program that makes possible the unconditional guarantee you find on every pack. In all sincerity, we ask you to check the cigarette you are now smoking. We assure you that among all leading brands, only the makers of Lucky Strike put a guarantee on the pack. So smoke a Lucky, and then let your own taste and throat be the judge. For smoothness and mildness, there's never a rough puff in a Lucky Strike. So round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the draw. Make your next carton Lucky Strike. Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, and yours truly, Don Wilson. 
tonight we're broadcasting from New York City for the opening of the 1950 Heart Campaign. So without further ado, I bring you the man who is here to help launch the campaign, Jack Benny! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking, and ladies and gentlemen, as Doc... before 8, Tuesday night, March the 16th of 2010. Time. Be with us again next Tuesday night, won't you? Have you ever tried to make a family budget balance? Well, then you'll understand the kind of problems that face young wife Sally Carter in the story of the week on Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. You'll also hear the recipe of the week for an around-the-clock main dish that's quick and easy to fix. It's ham and egg dinner. And you'll hear this husband-tested pet milk recipe on the Mary Lee Taylor program next Saturday morning. Be sure to set your dial for NBC next Saturday morning for Pet Milk's Mary Lee Taylor. <laughs> Steve Wilson solves a crime in Big Town. Listen on NBC. Now we're going to move over to the Fred Allen Show, which was uh, March 20th, 1940. The famous show where the eagle got loose. The Fred Allen Show. Brought to you by Panatooth Face for the smile of beauty, Sal Hepatica for the smile of health. <laughs> An hour of smiles with Fred Allen, folks. 3,600 seconds of fun and music. Fun with our star comedian, Fred Allen. With our guest, Captain Knight, famous authority on Eagle. Music. Put on a veil, lady. You'll look terrible. <laughs> Your song of the week. Take me back to my stool and my Coca-Cola. Wait no. a minute, Wait a minute Benet. Oh. Just a minute, Benet. That's boots and saddle, not stool and Coca-Cola, is it? I'm a drugstore cowboy, bud. Oh, I did. And our guest will be... Mr. T. He, director of Walt Disney's cinematic masterpiece, Pinocchio. And music. Good night. Election when love beckoned is from Dewberry was a lady. This is the National Broadcasting Company. March 20th, 1940, Fred Allen Show, the famous show where the eagle got loose. Well, we're going to stick in one more show before we go to bed. Here is truth or consequences. 
The show that does everything on the air, brought to you by Dove, the soap that does everything in your wash. And here is a very excited master of ceremonies tonight, folks. Excited because he dreamed that Miss Hush would be identified tonight. So here he is, dream boy, Ralph Edwards. Greetings, <laughs> party players from High Hollow. <laughs> Sit down, Hollow. Dream boy, my eye. Nightmare is more like it. Listen, listen to the...